Welcome to Matt Random. It is Labor Day, and this is episode 27. Hopefully, we'll get through some more call-ins. I have a whole bunch, and hopefully, I'll actually have something to add to the conversation this time. Hey, Matt, in answer to your question, man, don't you think that really a rule set is just a more considered set of uh, like a referee's idea of how rules should work. Um, admittedly, it is a little bit different because players get the chance to see this stuff written down in advance. And when you sit at a table and it kind of looks like a guy is just making up something as he goes along, that is a different experience. But I've certainly got no problem with that. And a lot of these lighter rule systems definitely tend towards that kind of experience anyway that suits me fine but i do think it's a very interesting question and it dovetails in with something that shane ward was talking about and that is the world-renowned podcaster spike pit thank you for the call in colin <laughs> say that 10 times real fast yes i agree a rule set, especially in our little segment of the hobby, has, a, you know, with our house rules that most of us add to our game systems. I mean, really, who runs a system? Rules is written. I have known very few people to do that. Very few people to do that long term. So you're right. The rule set is nothing more than a reflection of somebody's idea of rules through the looking glass of the GM who is running the game. I would totally agree with you on that. And I would definitely find it interesting. As a player, I would like to actually experience that because I think it would give me an interesting vantage on how I am looking at this, which is mostly through a GM side. I think giving a player a character sheet is kind of giving them a window to the rule set so i think uh you know I've, I've played in some convention games where i had no idea what the rules were because i'd never seen the rule book before and all i had was a character sheet and then usually it started with the gm saying something to the effect of all right so this game uses this game mechanic for most of its roles and will resolve things using it and then you'll take your stat and add it to the roll or something to that effect. So in most game sessions I've been in, there was kind of a lead-in, a crash course, if you will, of the GM giving us a glimpse of the rule set and then applying it with the, uh, the rules that we were allowed to see, which was the character sheet. I think it worked fairly well. Um, and I think if you took that path, if you didn't... Uh, like I think it was Dice Pro said in one of his previous call-ins, if he saw it on a convention and said, you know, uh, a sign that said, you know, play in my game, no rules, I think that would probably be a very hard sell at a convention. You'd get a couple of those way out left field players that are willing to try anything, I think. But I think that'd be a very hard sell at a convention. I think instead, if you walked in and said, you know, I'm playing Blackmore, I think you'd get a shit ton of people to sign up and i think if you led that session with something up to the effect of 
Alright, we are going to use the 2d6 mechanic. You want to roll high. If you roll somewhere in the middle, then we will sort of negotiate. I think you'd probably get a lot of people that would be okay with that, especially if you gave them a character sheet. And as a GM, you know, I I don't know. I have a, I have a seed of an idea planted in my brain that I'm mulling over. I'm probably going to talk about it later, but it kind of goes along with this. I, I think you'd get a lot of people interested. All right, anyway, thank you for the call in. I look forward to hearing more. And uh, if you haven't checked out Colin's uh, podcast, Spike Pit, you are doing yourself a disservice. Check it out. All right, Matt. It's Evil Jeff. I'll respond to your Blackmore Theory query. Let's see. I've been gaming since 1981 when I was first introduced to AD&D. Player for probably the front half of that time and in the back half of this time a gm though thanks to play by post i've been able to be a little bit more player here and there would i be willing to let a referee decide everything only if i understood the paradigm within it and knew some of the rules if everything was going to be totally subjective no rules it was up to the to the adjudicator then absolutely not if i'm going to get hosed i want to know what rules i'm being hosed by not something that might be arbitrary or done by a whim but give me a few rules that i understand what how things might happen i should be all right and that is evil jeff thank you for the call in jeff I, I can see as a player how that would be a little bit disconcerting, um, especially if you were going for a campaign. And in a one-shot or something like that, you know, uh, as I said in Colin's reply, or the reply to Colin, I think I've kind of experienced this at conventions because I played in a game that I had never seen the rule book and had no exposure to the rules. So... I think that is kind of the same effect of not having rules. Um, you know, sitting down at a table, it's a bit of a social contract. You accept the fact that the GM is going to play by rules, whatever they are, whether or not they exist. And as a player, you accept that. But also, you know, there is some expectation put on the GM by the players that they are going to follow whatever rules and they're just not going to go flippantly crazy and do whatever they want willy nilly. So I, I think it, it takes, I think I said this in another podcast, it takes a certain kind of GM to run this as well as a certain kind of player to accept it. I think for a one-shot or a convention game, I think people would easily accept it. I think they would, they would probably be reluctant going in, especially if you advertise that there were no rules. Um, but I think once they got in and played, so long as the GM played within, you know, a understood uh, convention of, of the setting or whatever, I, th I think they'd be okay with it then. All right, I've gotten through all of my call-ins, which me leads me to my next point. I've had an idea that's been jumbling around in my brain for quite a while now, and recent discussions over on MeWe about Dungeon World have really gotten me a little bit farther on gluing those ideas together. 
and I'm not I'm not going to discuss Dungeon World and and what I think of the game. I think I've done that before, but suffice to say, I love the mechanic. Now it should be stated that that mechanic doesn't come from Dungeon World. It actually comes from I believe it was Apocalypse World was what it was called. It's the powered by the apocalypse thing, and I think that a direct line could be drawn from what Dave Arneson did with his Blackmore games to the mechanic that is at the core of Dungeon World. That could just be me throwing on my my thoughts onto it, but if you look at the basic structure of the Dungeon World system and that of Blackmore, they're fairly similar at least in structure. So Blackmore, the, the core mechanic was roll 2d6, roll high, it's good for you. Somewhere in the middle, it's middling, we negotiate, which I take to mean the result is somewhat good, somewhat bad, somewhere in the middle. And roll bad, roll poorly, that's bad for your character. That was Blackmore. And Dungeon World is, uh, and I could be wrong, Someone will correct me, I'm sure, but I believe it's six or lower is bad. Seven, eight, and nine is middling, or you succeeded, but, you know, the old, I hate that thing, but it, um, I hate that whole, you succeeded, but, or yes, but, never say no. Anyway, that's for another podcast. So seven to nine is you succeeded, but there's a complication. And 10, 11, and 12 are success. I believe that's what it is. I could be wrong on the 9 and 10, but I think that's what it is. And if you look at that, that is exactly what Blackmore did. So, my idea is to take the Dungeon World slash Apocalypse World mechanic and use it as the main game engine, but use our typical fantasy tropes that we've come accustomed to, fighter, mage, rogue, bard, cleric, all of that stuff, from BX, white box, AD&D, whatever, and superimpose them onto the mechanic. Now, this has probably been done, but it kind of codifies it in my mind. So you want to play a fighter, you know, pull the fighter from any book, any book at all, and you can even roll up the character if you want, but use the Dungeon World mechanic for just about everything. Now, one thing that's kind of gotten me stuck is D&D is clearly a system that is based on level progression. So if you take a first level fighter and a fifth level fighter, the fifth level fighter will inherently be better at stuff, you know, doing fighter stuff than a first level fighter. Now, if you're playing BX, you've reached the stupid plateau, <laughs> which I've talked about. If you've missed my all, all my discussions on why BX is broken, you can go back and listen to the first season where I talk about that. But inherently, a fifth level fighter will be better at doing fighter things than a first level fighter. But now in a Powered by the Apocalypse game, that isn't necessarily true because the level has no, at least the way I'm looking at it, the level has no mechanical 
as in affecting the die roll mechanics. If that makes sense. I'm not sure if I explained that right. So because I'm a fifth level fighter, unless there is some sort of stipulation, and I'm talking a little bit about Dungeon World here, you roll 2d6, but you don't add anything to the dice from your character sheet. So there is no level progression in the Arneson system, at, at least the way I'm kind of amalgamating it and throwing it together and everything. I think I'm doing a very poor job of explaining it. <laughs> so any, I kind of see that as a, a hiccup or a problem with my idea is that the two systems may not be compatible in the fact that regular D&D, or I'm just going to call mainstream Dungeons & Dragons, is a clear level progression system, whereas something like Arneson, Blackmore, or Powered by the Apocalypse doesn't have that same mechanical benefit on your die roll that Dungeon uh, Dungeons & Dragons does. So anyway, that's kind of the thing that I'm mulling around in my head right now. I think I could run a game where you basically take any character from any system that you want and you throw it into that mechanic and you can probably run it. Anyway, hopefully I explained that. If I didn't, I'm sure I will expound upon this in another episode. Thank you for listening and have yourself a great week.